You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, thank you, Carter Hart. That's really all you can say after tonight. The Flyers took a 2-1 lead in the series after a 1-0 performance. This is Orange and Backcheck. Let's break it down. This is the Orange and Backcheck podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. Well, thank you, Carter Hart, and thank you to the goalpost. That's really the star, the three stars of the game. Two of them are those guys right there. Uh, I'm Bill. He's Scott. Scott, what's your takeaways from this Orange and Backcheck episode 43, the Martin Buron episode? Yeah, very, very, uh, very solid goaltender. Yeah, he was under here. You know, he had he was the first goalie, I believe. Oh, I couldn't remember. I can't remember the naked player off the top of my head, but I believe might have been since. Hextall or um, even someone in the early 90s to post a 31 season for the Flyers. Yeah. And like, he had like 10 or 15 years, he was the first goalie to do it. Nobody appreciated him enough. No, I agree. And then he had a weird stint in the Rangers that he like kind of fell apart and became a backup Well, he was, he was he was cooked. He went yeah. to the – after the Flyers didn't resign him in 08-09, he went to uh, – or yeah, 2009-2010 season. He went to uh, – uh, the Islanders, and then he went to the Rangers as a backup after that. Uh, at, towards the end of his career, when he was done, he was he was done. Yeah. Well, the goalie now that we have, what you, what what was, what was your breakdown of, of the win tonight with Carter Hart leading the way for sure? Well, it was it was all Carter Hart. It was the Carter Hart show tonight. Tonight was a was a much different game. I bet you nine out of ten casual fans would look at it and say, "Oh my god, it was so boring." It kind of looked like a soccer matchup. It was a real dogfight down there. Those teams were fighting for every inch of space. I think you saw the difference of the Flyers' depth tonight. Yeah. The Fly, I mean, Montreal didn't really try to do anything different from Game 2 from what I had seen. It's just the Flyers had matched the physical intensity. They had matched the emotional intensity. They weren't allowing the Canadians to get that kind of space. I thought that the Flyers had slowed their pace down um, to kind of uh, play their game, play a more north-south game, not do anything fancy just when they could get shots in net, get shots on net. I mean, but honestly, you know, you can't really talk about offense. There's another thing we'll talk about in a few minutes that's just had downright hashtag dog shit. Um, plain and simple, tonight was a goalie duel. It was a, a classic, low-scoring playoff goalie duel where Carey Price and Carter Hart weren't overly busy. I mean, the Canadians only had 23 shots on goal. The Flyers only had 20. Their first goal was only, the only goal scored of the game was scored a little over five minutes in. So you're talking 55 minutes of shutout hockey. Yeah. You, you can't you can't get any better than that. Like if you're a fan of strong defense and goaltending, for as far as looking at it from 
you know, hockey-wise, yeah, you want to put more pucks in the net, but Carter Hart stood on his head tonight. I mean, it, there's there's no doubt in my mind that that kid was not the – it showed everything that he can and will be tonight because he uh, getting yanked in game uh, game two and then bouncing back like this in game three and holding a one nothing lead for 55 minutes, that doesn't happen often. Yeah. That's great. It's great. Jim Jackson in the post game, right before we started, I tuned in for that for a couple minutes uh, just to hear what he had to say. And his first thing was, Carter Hart looks like a 15-year-old, but he acts like a 32-year-old. Like, his yeah. mindset is nothing that we've ever seen before. It's in probably in the NHL in quite some time. Like, it, it's very, very unique to see a goalie this young who just turned 22, I believe it was on Monday, uh, or on Thursday, excuse me, and and just completely has taken the reins of being an NHL goalie and is able to compete to the level he did tonight and bounce back from where, where albeit we, we both concluded that it wasn't entirely his fault that he was playing uh, to allow those four goals, but that still can get in your head very easily and very quickly if you're a young goalie like Carter Hart is. But the fact that he bounced back and pitched a shutout, I mean, my God, that's all credit to him, and, and it's something that we don't see in a Flyers in the NHL very often, let alone in a Flyers uniform goalie. No, absolutely not. We haven't seen goaltending like this since Ron Hextall in 1987. Yeah. We haven't. They're just yeah. plain and simple. For a guy to take you know, a team and carry them on their back to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final, where they ultimately lost, still, we have not seen that type of goaltending from this young of a player in years. And it's a testament to him and his, his mental makeup and what that sports psychology has done for him. It's got him to really focus on yeah, I hope the game he, and the puck. Yeah, I hope that kind of thing, and, and it's been publicly advocated for and everything, especially through the venue of Carter Hart, but I, you, have, you don't hear that much too often, at least from what I've seen in reports and news coverage stories about Carter Hart. I hope to see that get more of the limelight. Like, that's sports psychology stuff. I believe even to connect it to out just in, not just in the Flyers case and Carter Hart, but also I believe I heard Ben Simmons looked into one. Like, it's one of these things that players and, and coaches that should be advocating for, especially because of how public, more public sports is, especially players and coaches nowadays compared to just 15 years ago. Something like that is really beneficial, clearly, for a guy like Carter Hart and could really help any player. Maybe it will help the damn power play. Maybe everyone needs to go to a group session on the power play units. Well, go, before we talk about the, the dog shit, hashtag dog shit on Twitter, that would be the Flyers power play from now on, uh, the pooper power play instead of the Pico <laughs> power play. Uh, before we get into that, the sports psychology thing, again, we, we've made references to it before. Braden Holpe is a great example of it. Now, Braden yeah. Holpe lost yet another playoff game in overtime today i mean every time i go back and watch him he's lost most of the games he's played in overtime in the playoffs i mean it's ridiculous we're talking season enders we're talking just big games where that, that guy just it, but he just gives up goals in overtime in the playoffs it's what he does yeah um but he also uh was really the first goalie that i had heard of that he went and used a sports psychologist and it, it's worked for him in his career in his you know about 10 year career now um, I, I think that you're going to see a lot more because goaltending is so mental. It's not just the physicality. It's not the skating. It's so mental with focus and how you have to be zoned in and how you have to be calm. And you have to think positively, like just to jump aside in my men's league game today, guys came in on a three on a three on 0 
I swear to God, a 3-0. My defenseman pinched. <laughs> I came in on a 3-0. And the guy's skating right in. He's got two guys, a center and two wings. And I'm just like, I'm going to stop him. Like, it was that mentality, like, they're not going to score on me. I was already playing well to begin with. Yep. And I, they're not going to score on me. And they didn't score on me. I stopped it. And, like, the guy didn't try a pass or anything. I was prepared for it to either side. We just came in, ripped a shot low, and I kicked it out. So the point is, damn it, there it is again. I didn't mean to say it. Um, overall, like, however, the, the, what I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to make, honestly, is that it's just a matter of focus that you have to have. And for him to have that at this young of an age, when he's not really like gone through all of the mental aspects of life and he's able to apply this to a game and just be able to just shrug off any kind of pressure whatsoever. Uh, we, we haven't seen anything like that. I don't think the league's seen anything along those lines. I mean, they, people compare him a lot to Carey Price. Carey Price had a lot of issues when he was coming up mentally. Um, he wasn't, he'd lose focus. He lost the starting job for a while there. So, you know, people compare him technically and, and, and play wise to uh, Carey Price, but mentally, he's just leaps and bounds beyond whatever anybody ever expected. Yeah, and yeah. it's just, it, it, and credit to the defense as well. I believe I just saw the stat. They blocked 24 shots total. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. They, uh, blo- they blocked 24 shots total. Uh, in addition to Carter Hart's 23 saves. I mean, this team just, despite the struggles that they had on offense this tonight, despite Jake Voracek's goal and Claude Giroux finally getting the top line really performing well, I thought the top line, despite not scoring other than in the first in the first period five minutes in, I thought they looked decent. Like, the, the entire team on the offensive side from top to bottom, all four lines looked sluggish. But the top line seemed to be finally getting its footing back together. Yeah, and, and think about it this way. When you're going against Shea Weber, and Ben Sherratt's been pretty pretty good in this series. But, mm-hmm. you know, I underestimated him quite a bit. But when you have play Shea Weber playing as your partner, you know, and you try to play to the other side, yeah, you're going to get better to begin with. So um, outside, think about it each night. You know, Claude Giroux, um, you know, whoever plays with him, whether it's Couturier or whether it's, it's Voracek, However, those guys are going against Shea Weber every night, and you're not. It's very, very hard. He's a literal Panzer Shrek on skates. He's a monster, and the fact that they, you know, he he they kind of neutralized him on offense tonight. He had a couple. He had a flubber of a shot, and he had another one that a couple of them that were blocked, which yep. is really, really good. Um, By the way, shout but, out to uh, Kubel Nicholas Obey Kubel. Oh, that shot off the foot he, he took. took he took two shots. There was there, one before the one that he was clearly injured. He took a that puck off the toe. A few yeah. minutes before that, he blocked another one, and he clearly didn't get up right away, mm-hmm. but they kept play going, um, and he was able to get up on his own power and skate to the bench. But this guy just it's, – it's a real testament to what playoff hockey is about, that right. moment with uh, Kubel. Man – Blocking two shots, one off the toe. I wouldn't be shocked if we, he has a broken toe, but he's going to keep playing. Uh, no, I don't. It, it looked like it went off the top of his foot. Actually, I don't know if it hit the toe. I yeah. looked like it went off the top of his foot. I, that, that's that, that hurts. That's that not hurts. much better, but it's better no. than the toe to right. square. It's it's going to be. He's going to be sore tomorrow, but you mm-hmm. know they have a day to recover. Uh, ultimately, though, you're right about the defense. I thought the defense had played stronger, and Matt Niskanen probably had his best game of the series. Um, still didn't look that great for whatever reason. I was going to say I was. It, I was just going to say I didn't. I didn't. Other than that, the spike volley that he had to clear the puck on the. I think it was the first or second power play. I didn't think Niskanen had that strong of a game. But go it, ahead. It, yeah, it just seems like he's skating kind of through mud. I don't know if he just can't handle with the speed of the. Yeah. Uh, of what's it called? I, it just seems like he's not. 
he's not the fastest guy to begin with, but I don't think he had the, and he's not, he hasn't gotten his legs back yet. I, I still think he's got plenty in the tank. He's, he's still a younger guy. He's only 32, uh, relatively young. He's got a lot of games of experience. Uh, but the thing is, is that the workhorse has kind of made up for it as Provorov's partner. Yep. Provorov's been all over the his, place. He's been amazing. Provorov's play, the level that Provorov's been playing has been masking how poorly Niskan is playing. Right. When, when Provorov is on fire and he's almost always on on his game, uh, night in and night out, it's very rare. Like, yeah, we talked about two years ago or last year when he was struggling a bit, but that I think that's more a testament to the coaching style, what was happening in Provorov. Mm-hmm. When he's under a coach like A.V., and is getting the workhorse minutes. I, I don't know where he ended up. I'm, I'm going to guess it was between 25 and 27 minutes. That's kind of his his spot. Yeah, he he went at 26, just under 27 minutes tonight. It's he's If he's playing well, it masks a lot of the other issues that are happening on the, on the ice at the time that he's on. Right. I mean, Robert Hay didn't have a bad game at all. He had an assist tonight. Travis Sanheim logged 21 minutes as well. So... Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at some point you see kind of a Sanheim, maybe a Provorov, you know, uh, lineup line if you if you really need that because they you logged a lot of minutes and Sanheim was driving the play a little bit there, which was I really see, good. I see a change coming up, but I also am concerned. Like if you put if you put Provorov and Sanheim together, you kind well, it's, it's too much. You, you leave a liability an open hole yeah, in the other line. You, You'd have to really mix it up as far as. Probably bringing Ghost back in the lineup, but I don't think he needed to do that. Robert Hay got three hits, ninety-three three blocks. Game. He had a real solid game, and, and you know he almost played two he, minutes on the penalty kill. I, I wouldn't. He he was a bigger factor in my view of why the Flyers are able to kind of leave this game scoreless for fifty-five minutes. And, and the only reason I say that is because you didn't have Ghost trying to pinch up light, uh, ice and leave his responsibilities defensively. Robert Haig didn't do anything out of the ordinary. He just kind of played hard right. and just put pucks in places where he needed to go. He played a very, very simple game. Tonight, I tried to watch the defense a little more. I mean, granted, the Flyers were in their own end a lot, but they they took their time kind of exiting the zone. They they weren't playing games, the speed chase game with Montreal. Again, Montreal was still trying to do the same thing they were doing. The Flyers just were, were their gap control was a lot tighter. Uh, they weren't giving the Canadians a lot of space to work with. And when you don't do that, no matter how much speed you have, if you don't have space to move the puck, the Flyers' stick work on defense was amazing tonight. I, they, sticks in lanes, they were they were keeping guys off the play. They, they couldn't do anything with it. So I mean, there was a play, I think, with about a minute or two left um, where they, I, I don't know who – I might have been Joel Armia who – Flung in a pass down low, and yes, Barry Kakanyemi was right in front. His stick was down at the last second. Someone came in and lifted a stick, and he was it would the puck just didn't get there. It, and you know, it, that's it, the kind of plays you you needed from your defense tonight to kind of you know bail out Carter Hart because he didn't bail them out, bailing them out all night long. Without without remembering uh, exactly that play, that you're just I would I would venture to guess it was probably Kevin Hayes. I thought Kevin Hayes had a probably the strongest of the of the top. Of the forwards, uh, I thought Kevin Hayes had the strongest game out uh, from both all 200 feet of. You saw what Kevin Hayes can bring to the team and what he does bring to the team uh, tonight alone, especially. Um, I thought Kevin Hayes, like I said, I thought Kevin Hayes was the best player on the ice in terms of forwards. No, uh, I'm for, not going to. Sure. I'm not going to disagree with you. I I think they might have sacrificed a little bit of offense for defense, but I'm okay with that. In a game yeah, like that this, was clear. That. It, yeah. It's, again, it seemed like like we were talking about the other night. It seemed again, it was just get pucks on carry and see if you can create a rebound. No matter if you have, like, it was basically the mindset of if you have a lane, 
take the shot. If, if, yeah. if that was the mindset. And that works to an extent, but we also get games like tonight where it's very sluggish, it's very slow, methodical uh, mm-hmm. in some aspects. And it and for the casual fan, and we know you're out there and you're tuning in and you want to watch playoff hockey because you anticipate a different sense of atmosphere. And it's still there in some aspects. I mean, there were like 50-plus hits between both teams, I believe, at the end of this uh, tonight, like it, it's one of those things where you're trade, like you were saying, you traded defense for offense tonight, so it causes an effect, obviously, of what comes in terms of strategy and and real uh, chance creating. Because there weren't a lot of chances created, but no. the one that they, the one obviously Dvorak had a nice tip play uh, to create the goal uh, to give them the eventual win and the game winning goal. But you also saw a lot of lazy shots. I didn't, or for a lack of a better term, I should say lazy shots. It was it was really to just get Carey Price moving. And when Carey Price is on his game, because Carey Price was way on his game, just like Carter Hart. Hey, he like, looked pretty solid. Yeah, like you were saying, it was a goalie duel. Carter Hart just came out on top. Do I expect mm-hmm. that game game four here on on Tuesday afternoon? Probably not, because I think Carter Hart is. Uh, I think it's unfair to expect another shutout or anything like what we just saw from Carter Hart at night in and night out at such a young age. Right, and and not just that too. I mean, look, the Canadians did. Let's let's go switch to the Canadians. They didn't play a bad game tonight. They just didn't score any goals. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I look at the Canadians game and say, okay, they didn't change anything from game, game two. The Flyers just kept the puck out of the net. I I, I didn't see anything different that the Canadians did. The Flyers stepped up defensively and played a lot better and didn't try to match speed. They tried to play their own game. There was a couple plays during that game and I, you know, two points like there was one play where Hayes cut in and he had a lot of space and he elected just to kind of pass it and not not shoot it. And and I I tweeted about that cuz I'm like you got to shoot that puck there. Like you know, you're in a one nothing game. You just got to throw everything you can on that. And one of them are going to go in. Carey Price will give up a squeaker at some point. Um but you know, I saw a lot of, how should I say, a, a lot of things where the Flyers just tried to, they used a lot of patience. They, you know, they didn't try to do anything where they tried to outskate them. They didn't try to move them east-west too much. They, Carey Price was fighting off a lot of pucks, and TK took a penalty when Price was fighting them off left and right. Like, he he was making the save, but he wasn't controlled. And I thought that that was another way to kind of break through, but he took that penalty and that ended it there. But, you, I mean, there's... you. He would. There are some points in the game where Price had gotten a little bit uncomfortable. You could see he wasn't really full technique with his saves. He was fighting it off, and you know he gave up one goal, and that, that's all. That's all it was needed. But other than that, like you know, I'd say towards the end of the thirty, had to make a couple good saves there. But um, you know, Montreal, Montreal played their own. They, they they showed if they showed the night, you know, by just winning that game, game two. They showed tonight, too, that they're not going to be going anywhere. They're not going to be easy to beat. So the Flyers may be up 2-1 right now. I know they predicted they lose yesterday. Um, you know, I'm happy to see that they're up. But, I mean, this series is, is, is you know, very well could be on, on what, Tuesday? Is yeah, it Tuesday. Tuesday well, I don't even know what day o'clock. it is anymore. Tuesday at 3 o'clock. I mean, you know, it's going to be another tight one like this. I mean, you know, it's it's. I wouldn't say another one nothing score, but... No, but you know, it's going to be tight. To what you were talking about in our last episode, you really saw the effects of the last change in this epi- in this game, I I think. Like Montreal's a beneficiary of having last change to get the matchups exactly what they wanted. I think that also chokeholded the fly- the Flyers to be able to really uh create solid chances and, and and meaningful chances for sure. Yeah, when you play road games, you play you play tighter than you do home games. Home games you play you can play a little looser. 
road games, you're really just trying to grind them out. You know, you're not trying to be flashing and all that stuff, especially in the playoffs. You're trying to, if you get up, you don't try to sit on it, but you, you defend it as best you can. Um, I don't think that the last change had a, had a you know, a, a major thing tonight, except for maybe that, you know, Nate Thompson was out there a lot on that fourth line, and I don't think Nate Thompson had that great of a game. Um, you know, he had he had four hits, he had two blocks, um, but he seemed to be out there a lot, and I don't know if he's just not fast enough because he kind of gets caught a little bit. I don't know if he's fast enough to be able to keep up with this team, but uh, you know, he's a fourth line center for the reason. And, but at his age, he's not the player he used to be, so he doesn't have the wheels he has. So you know, if you have you're going against their top line. You know, if you have Nate Thompson going against Jesperi Kakanyemi, I don't think that that's going to be something a kind of matchup that you really want. No, so, there's no way you know, Amy wants to. Yeah, wants I mean, that that, what that you know, but Kirk Muller will. So, yeah. um, you know, that's something where you'll you'll probably see more of that. So people who are saying like, "Oh, Nate Thompson's out there again," well, yeah, the Flyers are putting him out there. <laughs> you know, the Canadians get to match up who they want. So that's probably why you'll you'll see a little more of that coming up in Game Four. Uh, but you know, it's look, you know, we, we can keep talking about, you know, all the little things at the end of the day, the flyers grinded this out, won a game. And really if they didn't have the goaltending, like Carter Hart, if we would have had someone else to goal, like the Michael Neuvirth or with all due respect, Brian Elliott, uh, you know, this isn't, this isn't a game. The flyers have won at all. I think there's also the other thing we have to address and we haven't really touched on it. Um, until this point, if, they win this game also. Carter Hart could have let up, pushed a shutout just like he did tonight, uh, exact same way. But they also win this game if the if the power play just gets one goal out of the six chances that they had. Inclu- like, how much more do... Like, I know they're going for this umbrella and they're trying to do a dump and chase and then they also took, to your point... Um, the, the slow entry that you observed, uh, on Twitter tonight, you made that observation. They did a slow entry for a little bit and then they went back to the dump and chase. I don't know what else this team needs to be doing. Are they, I'm almost to the point where, yes, they struggled in the round robin that can be acknowledged, but at the same time, I think that the way that the power penalty kill for Montreal, I don't think they, my point is, I don't think they struggle like this against any other opponent, maybe Tampa Bay, maybe uh, Washington, if Washington makes it out. But, like, I don't think they struggle like they are against any other team. But they're just struggling right now because it's the Canadians and how they play their penalty kill. Shea Weber. Yeah. And and Ben Sherratt. Uh, you know, they, they're, they're, the, the way the Flyers, the, the first power player I was watching, okay, they, they weren't getting controlled zone entries. Now, controlled zone entry is very simple. It's that, okay, they're going to take the puck, they're going to carry it over the blue line, and they're going to try to, you know, go high-low, basically, try to work it in that way. They were meeting them at the blue line. So then they go to dump. When they when you go to dump, there's number 31 there going behind the trapezoid, slowing the play down and clearing it out. It's easy setup for them. I think, and there was another thing the Flyers are doing, too. They could the, the reason why the offense looks so stagnant is because they're not establishing a forecheck. The Flyers are very, very effective when they establish a forecheck, get that F3 involved in the play, and then they have the plays in front after grinding it out. The Flyers know that the Canadians do the same exact thing. So the Canadians are playing, you know, are they playing the same exact way defensively. So what's happening is like there was a play I really observed tonight that was glaring to me, like, okay, this is the problem. 
the Flyers usually put two men on a four check. So they really like to do a, you know, we go back to our chalk talk video, like a stack four check. They like to put two guys pressure the puck carrier, one guy who's pressuring the outside. So the guy has to turn to the inside. There's a guy there on the inside ready to take over that puck. What's happening though is that when the Flyers are dumping in, two D are dropping below the below the red line, uh, below the goal line. One is going to the puck, the other one is going to the opposite side of the net because you can't play it to carry Price, so you can't wrap it in deep around because he's just going to come out and stop it. If you play it to the corner, that's when they set up that way. So what happens is that you're having one defenseman go to the corner and the other one going on the other side. You have that D to D pass and boom, boom, you're out of the zone. So they're they're clearing out. Can so Flyers can't get established. <laughs> boop, boop. There you go. Thank you. I yeah. Just so, yeah. That, that's, so, <laughs> I don't have a sound effects machine. So, you know, when you're a budget podcast like this, you do little things right. like that. When you're self-sufficient and not sponsored <laughs> by anyone. If you want to sponsor us and give us equipment, all four is email us, orangebackcheck at gmail.com. Yeah, exactly. Right now we're sponsored by the Pooper Power Play. That's what we're sponsored by. <laughs> Hashtag dog shit. Uh, so, because that's what it is. The Power Play right now, it's dog shit. Um, well, maybe do cussing on this on this show, but at the same time, it's it's exactly say, what it I'm is. Gonna, I'm gonna go into the. Uh, I'm gonna put the e on this episode. Here we go. Okay, <laughs> e. Go. There we go. Um, and overall, look, you know, even Mike Milbury even said it late later in the game. Like the Flyers got to come up with a different way of doing this, and it's like, yeah, I agree. Like, but how? Like, really? Like the Flyers, they do two things when they 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 tried every way that I saw. They were trying to do it where. They would work it on the left side, get into the zone, and then wrap it around to the opposite side. That that Peter Laviolette loves doing that style of play where you, you play to the open ice, so you wrap it around the wall. Yep. But they already had someone there. Like Ben Sherratt was already there. Like you're going against Shea Weber. Shea Weber's closing his gap. You're wrapping around the wall. Ben Sherratt's on the other side. You have another player. You have you know, blocking out the middle, so you have no option there. The thing is, is that their, their speed is is you know the speed is able to to counteract the flyers attack so even when they were just trying to get a controlled zone entry you'd see a montreal player pressuring a flyer near the near their own net and then by the time the flyers had worked it up to the blue line that canadian's already back at the blue line yep. so systematically they're gonna have to look at tape and see some some spots i didn't pick up any tonight of a way they could do it better uh because i'd be screaming you know top my lungs to do it that way but I'm looking at it. The Canadians are very, very, very responsible defensively on their penalty kill. Uh, you could say the power plays look bad, but the Flyers' penalty kill looked amazing tonight yep. because they were doing a very good job of boxing out the middle and also taking away Shea Weber's shot because of them. without that, their power play is nothing. So, you know, you can look at either the power plays, you know, bad in this series, but they're 1 for 22 in the playoffs so far. So it's bigger problems with that. So teams have a leg up on how they're doing it. We went go back to it when they started doing the umbrella when they were power, struggling at power plays back like in December and January. You know, I'd mentioned that the, the, the umbrella is easy to defend. Well, this is a way to defend it. You you if you don't set it up, you you can't use it. So, unless they start getting it set up, uh, even when they do, the Canadians are boxing out the middle. So, um I, I look at this and say, "Okay, I, you might have to just actually change your whole power play strategy." Yeah, and, and figure out a different way of doing it. Here, uh, whether if you're going to drive it from your points and start up a shooting power play, or if you're going to try to work it down low and set up an overload and play in front. I mean, that's another option. But uh, again, you got to get the puck deep, and I don't know how you're doing that. Here's my here's my take. Mm-hmm. Everything is fine in terms because as long as the penalty kill is also performing well to counteract the the slumping power play, it's not that. It's bad, but it's not the end of the world bad. Because 
you can you can get through this series against Montreal with having a uh, hashtag dog shit uh, power play, but you can get through this round and then get it reset for the next round. Whoever that opponent is, um, I think it could be. The, I think right now, if the Islanders win, that's who they'll be facing. If I if I if I have the seedings correct in my head. Um, the the Flyers' chances of getting a successful power play against the Islanders is much more of a better success rate than going against this current Canadians team. Yes, it sucks. I understand if you're a fan watching this team and you're not able to yell shoot at the top of your lungs inside the Wells Fargo Center at any waking moment during a power play, I understand it's frustrating for you. However, because the penalty kill is playing so well... It's fine. Take a breath. It's not. I shouldn't say it's fine. That's a lack of. That's that's a bad term to use. But it's not the end of the world. I get it sucks. It's very frustrating when you have six chances to play to score a goal when you're a man up. But when it's not happening and you're still able to win those games, take a breath and evaluate the entire entire scenario, the full sixty minutes, not just the twelve minutes of power play that they had. Bill, what you just said is the most idiotic thing oh, I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. Now, at not once doing your rambling, incoherent, I can't remember the rest of the quote because it's eleven thirty at night. I'm impressed you got it that far with Billy. Uh, right, right. I, I give you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul, Bill. The power play, of course, is a concern. Don't worry I'm about it because the penalty play. Not a concern. Look, you cannot alone beat this team five on five. You can't continue you just to did. count scoring. What do you mean? Carter you Hart can't. just bailed you out. You okay, did it in game you one, too. You expect him to do that every single game. It's not no, going not to happen. No, he's not going to pitch a shutout every so game. So that's why the power play is a concern. You cannot be one for 22 on the power play in these playoffs and expect to go to the next round. And the fact that you're looking at the next round already is I'm not, ridiculous. I'm not. I'm not. Because Carolina, if they win that series, which I think they'll come back and beat Boston since Tukarask is out now, I think they'll come, even though they're down 2-1 to one right now, I think they're going to come back and win that series. And that's who they would play. Maybe Carolina can get away with it. You get to the conference final because it looks like the Islanders might well, wind up you. getting there. Now you're talking about the conference final. I was I'm just making about a the point. Next round. I'm trying to follow up your point. I'm trying to explain <laughs> to you that you're not going to get far just five on five. You've got sure. to get that power play going. You can and win granted, a round with a crappy power play, though. You can. It can. And that's granted, my point. And granted, yes, they are going up against Shea Weber. They are going up against Ben Sherratt. They are going against uh, Carey Price. They are doing it. So it's, it's very, very hard for how responsible they are in their right end. But it doesn't matter. They Here's need to I'll... start clicking. If you have six I chances agree. in a game and you go 0 for 6, that's unacceptable. You fix the friggin' power play. It's dog shit. Hashtag dog shit. That is the Flyers power play i understand all i'm saying is and i will eat crow if they if they make it past this this round Actually, you'll eat dog shit you got plenty of it there you, there you, you go. should oh, yeah, you yeah. should totally do it you should totally do it yeah. by the way I, I, i'm good I, I, <laughs> I, I i'm already i'm i'm uh uh nauseous enough just picking up his damn dog shit every time <laughs> Mowgli's fine i'm not gonna do that anyway what i'm all i'm saying is Yes, it's it, you can you can beat Montreal on five on five. You can survive a five on five, especially because Carter Hart, as he continues to play, he continues to have a just under just above one goal against average, and that's only because he played 
in a crappy defensive effort in addition to uh, himself in Game 2. And he's already moved on to that because he immediately responded with turning away 23 of 23 in tonight's game in Game 3. Like, I understand you can't make it past, go far in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs with a crappy dog shit uh, uh, power play. You can beat Montreal. You can make it one round with a crappy power play. If the Flyers' struggle continues in round two, whoever they may play, Carolina, the Islanders, I don't care who it is. It doesn't matter the opponent. If the power play continues to struggle, and again, I'm saying if. I'm not. We, I already predicted that the Flyers would win this round, but they still need to do it before we solidify what we're saying for the second round. Don't if, say we. I haven't said that. It's all you. Well, okay, whatever. We, if the Flyers continue to struggle in the semifinals of the Eastern Conference like they are right now, I'll go back on this episode and say I was dead wrong. But I don't think I'm wrong to say that it's not the end of the world. It's it's concerning, but it's not the end of the world that the power play is struggling right now. This happens time and time again. And also, keep in mind, it's been four months you we yes the flyers stay hot on the but there's also facets of the game that they're struggling with the defensive at the defense at times looks a little sluggish mostly when ghost was on the ice and now ghost has been figured out he's sitting on the bench and he probably will be for the remainder of this series if i were to guess unless they the speed needs to be matched that's the only time the 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 goalie we talked about struggled a little bit last week or excuse me last game that figured itself out the power play will figure itself out I promise you. It might just be the matchup. Sometimes you run into a really crappy matchup in one facet of the game, but you're still good at every other facet, and you turn out and you win a one nothing game like you did tonight. All right. Uh, I, I don't want to continue harping on this. All right. If you, if I, I will, you will eat crow when if that happens. That's fine. Okay. I, I think that it's still a cause concern, a red flag for me fine. because this has been going on since training camp. One for 22 in the total playoffs right now. That's not going to get it done. That's where my concern comes in. The Canadians are going to be a low-scoring matchup probably the rest of the way. We're talking, look, that the the, the 5 nothing game was an anomaly. And, and, yes. and you see how the Flyers responded tonight. They played much better. They were ready to go out of the gate. They played much more emotionally. And they played shutdown hockey for 55 well, minutes. Well, nice so it would be nice if just TK... Uh, I know he got a little banged up in game two, but he was on the ice tonight. He looked okay. Like I, I was talking about earlier, that the, the top line and the top, the the second line looked decent for what they've been performing at. Uh, but it'd be nice if Coots and, and and TK finally started to put the puck in the net. Coots had some really. He had Coots's strong point tonight was in I believe it was the second penalty kill. He made a, a a rush. He had a shorthanded chance. He was about. To, he was going to take a chance. And then he realized he he lost it, and he flung the puck back into his own defensive zone to kill more clock. That is why Coots for Coots needs to be the winner of the Selkie this year. But I still need offensive production from him along with TK to get this this thing rolling here. Yeah, I know what play you're talking about, where he had a chance shorthanded that he stole the puck away and then he pushed it back to his own end. That was, was beautiful. Incredible. That, that's exactly what you need, but. You know, I think the Flyers before the the shutdown probably would have tried to convert that again. And that shows to me that they were saying, okay, you know what, we're not going to play risky here. Because they, they can't against Montreal Speed. They can't. Uh, that's why they went back in his own end with it. But 
Still, you're right. The, while the penalty kill kind of balances it out, if you're not giving up power play goals, you don't need to worry about scoring them. But you can't rely on everything five on five, and that's just my that's my point that I'm trying to get across is that you just the, having it. just five yeah. on five scoring is a recipe for disaster. Granted, the Canadians are going through the same thing, but the Canadians aren't a high powered team, and if you don't cash in your power play, if you let a team like Montreal hang around, they're gonna bite you at some point. So. Uh, that that's just why the the they need to use the power play to get insurance goals because you need to get every goal you can against it in against Carey Price. If you're up by two, you're a lot safer than you are up by one. So yeah, and, I, and that, I, that that goes without saying. But still, with Carey Price getting two past him is going to be hard enough as it is. Yeah, I and think Vancouver is... just went up one nothing. By the way, ooh, see, I, I, up I, I, I yeah, I said that Vancouver was going to be a, an interesting matchup for the Blues, and I did not like that matchup for them. That's why I have the Canucks moving yeah, on. They come up with a lot faster. They're a lot yeah. faster team, and, and last year it worked for the Blues because they had their towers on defense. I don't. Th- I think the Blues came in actually really hot last year. Uh, they had to make a goaltending switch because Bennington wasn't playing that well. I don't think they played it well all during this, but it just could be because of how worn out they were from. You know, last year's run and trying to do it again, they just might not just have it right now. So, you know, you're seeing the Baruby effect, unfortunately, for the team later on, how inconsistent they can be. Yeah. So, yeah. no well, offense to Craig Baruby. He does have a Stanley Cup and he's a good coach. Just we saw here in the Flyer with the Flyers, Craig Baruby, his teams became very inconsistent for whatever reason. It just it seems like it's been happening the same thing here in St. Louis with practically the same team. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's look to ahead uh, here to Game Four. Do you expect any uh, changes come mid afternoon, uh, three o'clock? Uh, I believe it's three o'clock. Yes, three o'clock on Tuesday afternoon, Game Four. Uh, again, it's a, a technically an away game for the Flyers. If if you've been paying attention, so that means mo- once again Montreal will have that last change advantage. Um, so I would expect more of the same in terms of the pace of play. I think this is going to be a again. If you're if you're a casual fan, stick with it. This is not necessarily a boring game for every facet. Yes, it's boring in terms of goal chances and goal scoring, but there's a lot of grinding it out, trying to control the zones on all three phases and three zones of the ice. It's going to be, I think, very similar because Montreal is technically the home team here. Agreed. It's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be another dogfight. Um. You know, I'd rather have a one nothing game at three o'clock than eight o'clock. I bet a lot of people were bored tonight, but at the end of the day, again, they won. They they won, yeah. and just yeah. like you did with game one, you won, you celebrated, you you moved on. Game two, you shook it off. It's just one game, you move on. Now it becomes a little bit different because now you're one game closer to the series win. You're one game closer. You have you know you're you have a two one lead. You can really put a stranglehold on it if you win the next one. You really yeah. can. And if they come up and win the next one. That's that's going to be good, but I expect Montreal to really push it. Oh, no. I lost Scott. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's see if I can get Scott back. Hold on. Here we go. Oh, his power strip kicked out. What a loser. Who kicks a power strip? I guess he got a little too excited about himself. Oh, he's I can't back. believe I can't believe I did that. Oh, he's back. <laughs> Oh, he's back. He decided to come back on the pod. I don't know what happened there, but I literally just moved to my left to look at something on my screen, and all of a sudden everything just goes black. 
So, uh, yeah, I think I hit my power strip by accident. You're <laughs> this, is what to... happens. this is what happens when you do a podcast at 45 You're just trying to delay me to only get three hours of sleep. That's what you're doing here. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I do. <laughs> and make sure you have coffee this time. What oh, happened yeah. last week? You said you got through know. all this stuff. I just and got had... in and uh, I just got into a building and I just got into the zone. And it sucks that I found out... Uh, Anyway. Mondays are never fun anyway. No, Mondays are not. always a hard day. You come back from the weekend. It's it's never really that great. And yeah. you know, apparently here at home too, my wife tells me. Oh, by, by the way, I gotta say, my wife was uh, I was I was I was live tweeting, and uh, I'm sitting there, and she goes, "So what did you think of the first quarter?" And I just looked at her, and I'm like. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, the first, oh, the first, um, the first, not the inning, the, uh, the, 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 the period. Oh, I got it, I got it wrong. And I was like, yeah, you did. Yeah. You did. I'm disappointed. But I got, I will have to say this. I'm going to take a little bit of credit here for something. Mm-hmm. Don't tell my father-in-law because he's got guns. He'll probably shoot me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, she's, uh, she's been very, she tells me this week, she goes, you know, like, I was always like a Rangers fan growing up, but like. I'm like really into the Flyers now. Like you've like converted me, and I'm like, that's right? Damn right you did. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's exactly what happened. That's all that matters. So yeah, it's pretty. Uh, cool. All right, where were we? What were we saying about the? You were you were sitting. I, I honestly, I think that people are probably like after this, they got a probably a little comic relief out of it. We were just saying that look, if they can, they can win on Tuesday, they can get into a three-one series lead, put a really put a stranglehold on this thing. And move one step closer to that second round in that first elusive playoff series win for the first time since 2012. But we can't think that far ahead yet. We yep. can't. They they've won. They've won one. They lost one. They won one. This could be one of those weird series that just came maybe alternating each one. They they kind of happen sometimes. So um, who knows? Who knows? I. I I, unless they they have to figure out a way to fix the fix the fix the power play, it's it's dog shit. And, and until that happens, um, you know they've got a lot of poop to clean up. So. Yeah, I I mean if if I I know I talked about how the power play is not a concern, but if the power play uh, gets rolling, then this series probably finishes in five or six. Maybe yeah. Montreal steals one here, um, but I wouldn't be shocked if if once the power if the power play gets going on Tuesday afternoon. And I'm predicting it will. I think they're going to get at least one goal. Whether I'm not going to have 22 chances at it. I'm not going to I'm not going to discuss how many chances they're going to get. But they'll get at least one goal. That's what I'm hoping. Right. Uh, that's my prediction. So we'll go from there. And then uh, I, I think if the power play gets going, I think I think that's that this series is over in five or six. I'm going to go on the flip side. I know I predicted they lose the other day, and I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I just think this is one of those series where it's just going to be a coin flip, really. I just think the free, these first four games are just teams are going to coin flip it. I, I, you, you can't expect what we saw out of Carter Hart tonight. No, and I can't. haven't seen enough out of the offense enough to be able to say, okay, well, you know, they can go into the next one. I, I think that these teams are going to trade games and trade chances. I think that Montreal might even this thing up. Um, but after that, 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 that following game, that game five is going to be the biggest one of, of most of these players lives in that yeah. sense, because that's really going to be the pivoting point. It's not a game seven. Um, but I think that game five is really going to, you know, determine what happens here. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I really hope the Flyers do win on Tuesday. It just, it just feels like to me that at, at some point Montreal is going to get another one here. So, yeah. Um, I think the Flyers win this. I think they'll win Game Four. I think they take a commanding three to one lead. Um, 
I'm thinking the power play gets it going. I think they got to crash the net. I think that's the strategy they're going to really go hard on. Crash the net, hope for a bad, juicy rebound by uh, on Carey Price's part, and just go from there. Because it, it started to he started to leak a little bit in terms of letting up the rebound. Uh, Kevin Hayes again, like I said, he had a great game. I thought he had an open, not an open net, but a clear chance, and he just couldn't get his footing right to to pot a rebound in. So I think yeah. the chances are there. The create the chances are being. Uh, created off that scenario where they just fire the puck, make Carey Price uh, force a rebound on him. That's that's uh, that's an easy setup for uh, someone around the net in front of him. And I think I think they finally get that going uh, on Tuesday afternoon. I, but, I think that I think the strategy is going to have to be they're going to have to shoot at him and get rebounds in order to establish a forecheck. I, yeah. I think that might have to be the thing is that they might be able to net, be able to play the corners anymore. They might have to start blasting it on Price and let him give off a rebound and then start attacking from there. That might that's probably how they're going to have to start setting up. Yeah. So it, it could be very well that they're going to see a lot. He's going to see a lot of work, a lot of rubber. Um, you know that that might something that might work because you saw that. You know, when the Flyers had second chances off those rebounds, they were able to do more in the offensive zone with it. Um, Price got them all, uh, but still, it, it's something where at least you're generating and getting sustained attack time at that point. So yeah. who knows? We'll may, we, we might see that. It's going to be fun to watch, that's for sure. Yep. So we'll talk to you guys again. Uh, we'll talk to you guys right after the game uh, that night on Tuesday. We thank you for listening, as always. Find us in the descriptions below for all our social media accounts, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Everything is right there. Follow us on, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can do it So in the description below. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review, orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to provide us with a mixer so we can make drops, uh, so Scott doesn't have to do the beep-boop-beep-boop thing that he did earlier in the episode. That beep, was a beep, weird, beep. yeah, that was a little weird, but it was also it was, a mimic of R2-D2. Again, so, the budgetary restrictions. Right, we're, we're, we can only do so much in the in the current scenario. So again, if you want a podcast, if you want to sponsor the pod and provide us with the funds we need, orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. For Scott, I'm Bill. We thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys in, uh, in a couple days. Dog shit. Ha, ha, ha.